science doesn't answer everything, mm. you know. So to use science, and I'm a scientist, and I'm a multidisciplinary researcher, and I've, I've studied biochem, I've studied molecular biology, microbiology, psychology, neuroscience. <laughs> I've done all of these bits and pieces. It doesn't have all the answers. It cannot have all the answers because it deals with the physical, not with the metaphysical. Mm. And I think, coming back to, 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 to something like meaning, what if anything and everything we do, what if meaning itself is the reason you know, what if we bestow meaning onto something? It doesn't have meaning. A hammer doesn't have meaning unless we use it for what it's supposed to be used for. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. I've just finished uh, an awesome podcast with my friend, Dr. Lehan Stemmett. And wow, today we go deep today we go deep on the podcast i know i always talk about it going deep going deep but it's become a theme of please blow my mind that to blow your mind you have to go deep you have to be prepared to go deeper and lehan and i go deep and it's awesome we go from the meaning of life into the different layers of life and kind of neurology and you know just really fun stuff to talk about and I tell you what oof, as I go over these jadabas, um what's so interesting for me is the fact that we live in a time where possibly the technological outweighs you know the physical it's like an algorithm is as important in our minds as you know weather and the truth is, it's not. We need weather. We need what that represents. The sun, the shine, the moon, the shadow, the sunburn, all of these things. I mean, we don't really need sunburn, but we talk about sunburn in this podcast. But here's the point. We had both of those fused today in this podcast. And I hope you hear that what that produces what that produces in my mind is just humanity, free flow conversation with insights, with, you know, the passing of wisdom through the beauty of life. I mean, we had a sunrise uh, in a beautiful beach location with a deep conversation. I mean, picture, picture this, sitting next to a beach, uh, a gentle breeze, and sun warming you as you talk deeply about what matters most life meaning and all of that stuff so i think the best thing i can do is shut up and let you listen to the podcast with dr lehan stemmett um yeah just want to say thank you if you're new to please blow my mind plenty of people are new every week I want to say hello Uh, I'm Will I am a person who is on their own journey of life Uh, I want to do a thousand of these podcasts and what's the point well I mean there is and there isn't a point part of it is just to process life in real time 
part of it is, part of it is to you know process ideas um, and learn ideas and change ideas and and be vulnerable to myself and others and 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 take the burden of life on and understand that there's no guarantees and so that's what this podcast represents it represents blowing your mind kind of physically metaphorically whatever and and kind of uh, maybe it's a you know and I don't know I don't know but in life it feels like we don't get that many chances to you know go through the portal or shed the skin you know metaphorically so I want to blow our minds and then put our minds back together because there's plenty of things happening in this world kind of driven by that algorithm and if we let it dominate it will but it won't select for humanity it will select for you know something else it will select for conformity or you know something bad and I mean I mean this is in our storytelling through history right it's it's well not through history through 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 modern through modern times uh, the matrix terminator it's like if you give that power away at your at your own risk and I think that is also what the podcast is talking to it's like there's a lot going on and okay it's simple and we make it complicated but it's confusing maybe that's how I put it life can be confusing and it doesn't take much to tinker with things uh, that it's not working for us it's working against us so I want to work for us I want to work for us let's end it there alright team let's go me and the doctor chatting by the beach in the sunrise in the sunlight talking about life thank you all for blowing my mind Welcome to Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Please blow my mind. Whoa. That's the goal, brother. Get joy in your lives yeah. every day. No, I'm just simply looking to be 1% better every day. I get it, man. We're together on that. That is yeah. mind-blowing. We've got our work cut out for us. It's the thing that inspires me to continue on. Everything happens, and then we find a reason. You just went deep. There's something nice about this... Dr. Lehan, what I like is that it's like we've got a light on our right, which is blinding us, and a sun rising on our left, which is blinding us. But the one on our left is the one we need. But we keep putting blinding lights from technology and all of these things in our life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it makes me think, like, why the heck are we doing that? Why are we... Why do we purposefully... Like, what's wrong with us just coming and just sitting here and having a chat in the sunrise? Surely that would be something that we would, uh, you know, we would we would enjoy immensely and it would be good for us. But we have to put it through this prism of technology now, where we say, we're doing a podcast, and how can I get you out here at 6.30 in the morning to come do the podcast? It's not for a sunrise. No. But when we get here, I reckon it is. Yeah. You know, I think... I mean, that's a deep start to the day. I mean, you, crikey, the sun hasn't even really come up yet. It, and maybe that's why we needed the light. Sometimes we've got to, we've got to shed some light before the sun comes Ooh. up, I guess. And now you started something. I've started um, something. We, we can't adjust the brightness of the sun. It is what it is. Yeah. We can kind of live with the fact that there's, uh, there are clouds in front of it. And, yep. 
We, and, and sometimes that's why we need the light. <laughs> yeah. You can change, the, you can adjust the light, the intensity of the light that you, mm. that you put here as well. And it does help us from time to time, you know. Mm. But um, even so, I mean, can we not just enjoy the sunlight when it's there and, and the rain when it's not? I don't know if we can. And then we, you know, it's like, so I think, man, this is philosophical now. So <laughs> we're already two minutes what, in, by the way. We're only two minutes in, but we haven't started yet. Like that coffee is potent, by <laughs> yeah, the way. I think yeah. that's what kicks it in. It's a special, please so, blow my mind, brew. <laughs> so I think one of the things is, you know, so when the sun doesn't shine, if you want to go philosophical, when the sun doesn't shine, you put the light up. And sometimes we do need that. Sometimes we need to to have a little bit of light in our life when when this when it is dark around us when when things are difficult around mm. us and i always say to people um there's always sunshine even when it's cloudy the sun just it's always sun, sunny above the clouds yeah. and and how do we get ourselves to rise above this you know mm. above, above the clouds eventually and i think <laughs> i think we do need to have some light and and we can master that we that's our destiny that's something that we can create uh, and in fact we didn't. We just put the light up. Well, actually, mm. you you put the light up, and um, but someone else created the light. Someone else made yeah. that light, yeah. and that means we also need some people sometimes to to. F- it's our responsibility to find the light that someone else created, and and I think that's a. It's you've started on a very deep topic, <laughs> because often I mean you know you know my field. My field of interest is all about resilience yeah. and stress and so forth, and I'm deeply passionate about that and personal development, mm. and I think. What people often miss is that you can't do all these things by yourself. You sometimes need a bit of help. Mm. You need a bit of help from technology. You yeah. need someone who actually used the technology or made the technology or thought of the technology. But it's our responsibility to go and find that support yeah. and and then to use that support mm. and not to misuse it. I mean, you, you could misuse that light that yeah. someone else created in so many different ways. But we've got to respect when someone else offers something that can help us as mm. well. And that's the important thing that I often think wow. we miss. We've started on a very deep level. And yeah, it's so perfect. we're it's done perfect. now. It's perfect. <laughs> well, this is, um, I, I always uh, am interested to see how I start a podcast, right? And for me, the podcast actually starts when we catch up. I think that's what lots of people forget in this uh, technological world is that they get accused of kind of you're someone different on camera or microphone because they are because they talk to you and then as soon as all the stuff starts rolling the real challenge is how do you stay the same yeah. and it's a it's a kind of metaphor in life for me you know like there's a, a, a nice man walking past with his dog there's a couple little seagulls we've got the lights we've got everything happening and it's our challenge now to I think as modern humans is to just try and center ourselves as yeah. much as we can yeah. I don't think it's completely possible to do it because how could you with all of the stuff that we've created around us but it is an interesting challenge you know yeah. and I think it's it's why I enjoy the podcast and and talking to people like this is because we're kind of fusing what I think we need. We need to get comfortable in front of lights and cameras and audio and all those things and being recorded, right, forever. We are now recorded forever. And that's a – you add a live stream. We're not live streaming, by the way. But if we were, that would be another dynamic yeah. where we're physically and mentally and spiritually or whatever. It's capturing us. And I'm fascinated by, like, who watches this yeah. in some years to come and they're like you know maybe people are like oh no we've done the research and the sun's actually the worst thing for you and look at the humans they were out there yeah. um but i don't know man it feels right that we can have a nice mix right so when you talk about resilience i hear you know be in the sun but i also hear something like 
understand that you can't be in it all the time or you won't be in it. You might not be able to be in the sun. Um, I even go as deep to say that if you were just in the sun, you'd get burnt. Oh, you'd get burnt, yeah. It's this this kind of awesome plan. And when I say plan, I don't really know what I mean. I just think the deeper I look at everything, it's like the further away answers go for me because, you know, you start thinking, well, why can't we just sit in the sun and enjoy every day? It's like, well, you get burnt. That's why they tell you get out, get the hell out of the sun, yeah. at like ten, get out of the sun, yeah, yeah, and go find some shade. It's like, so okay, you're telling me shade's good when it's too hot, but most of the time I feel like I have a shade over me and yeah. it's covering me, and I want to be out. So, as far as I can tell, you've got to be okay with a bit of sun, but also with a bit of darkness too. Yeah. Eh? Oh, and, and we need it. I mean, you won't be able to sleep as easily if it wasn't dark sometimes. I mean, that gives us rest. And maybe the dark place isn't the place of discomfort. Maybe the dark place is a place that actually tells you it's time to take a break. Yeah. You've got to rest. And I like the analogy you use of, of, of all the technology and still being able to have a conversation and mm. kind of forgetting that there's all the stuff around us. Yeah. I mean, I'm just hearing the tide come in yeah. in the background as yeah. well. And and that's interesting in itself. But um, we're not going to get too philosophical <laughs> with that for now. But I think one of the things that, that it highlights for me is, is having the technology around and things recording us and being aware of that. Mm. Isn't that pretty similar to the way life is right yeah. life is there's always these distractions there's things happening there's technology there's emails coming in and, and going and you know the tv's blaring and mm. a whole bunch of stuff and sometimes it's not about getting away from all of that it's it's about being being able to go deep within the moment yeah. understanding what is going on being aware mm. of things mm. so i mean there's a lot of people they might call that mindfulness is yeah. being in the moment and often people think mindfulness means you have to break away you go to go to nature and just you know soak in soaking everything is happening yeah but what if what if it is not about what if you don't have that opportunity to break mm. away you've got to be able to 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 connect with people on a deeper level and i think a lot of people li- simply live on the surface and they never actually go into the the deep stuff um regardless of what's going on around them you've got to go deep and unless you go deep you won't understand what's happening in your life do you think that's where uh, and and look certainly putting a preface on this that I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. This is the problem with recording yourself and people listening is that they're like, ah, he said it. And I'm like, I don't know actually what I'm saying. So We're exploring together. We're exploring, but it comes with a risk, I reckon, because we end up putting more fake news out there, right? Because you can be quoted. and Anyway, so we deal with that because this is a real-time phenomenon. But if you don't live in the moment, I wonder if things like depression are trying to force you into that trying to force you into a moment, you know, because it's a horrible idea to never go as deep as we could, to live on the surface level and your your lot in life is to, you know, peel garlic or, you know, I don't know, weed gardens. I mean, those are solid things to do. But if that's it, and, you know, that's why I think it's awesome that a robot can do that. You know, I'm... I'm Although I definitely think Terminator is on the horizon, I'm happy for them to peel up the garlic because they don't sit there thinking, I want to dance or I want to do a podcast or I want to, you know, do nothing, you know? It's like we get our our meaning out of these. Well, I don't know. It certainly feels like we talked about it before. It's it's kind of holiday time in the well, in the in New Zealand. And why why are some of our cool ideas coming out now? You know, yeah, and it's because we trade our time for money, and that's—I mean—that's what gets us our clothes. And 
I don't know, buys the presents and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's, you know, education uses the word rubric. Hey? It's rubric. The, the way we measure things for, yeah. I don't know, giving it A, B, and C. And it's so backwards. What's well, not backwards, but it feels backwards when you say, why can't we be encouraged to do this? Yeah. Just for a short part of our day. Yeah. If, if, if the bosses said, and I'm sh- maybe they would if I said it, maybe it's ourselves, right? Because we are quite, you know, we pick up things and we want to emulate and not always in a positive way, right? So you, the role of us is to go to work and I don't know, maybe if it feels too much like good fun, yeah, it would just be a podcast and not work. So <laughs> it's like, who's getting in whose way? Um, Lehan, I wanted to quickly ask you, what's like, how do you get into this field? Like... You're South African, right? Yes. So, yes, so is, yeah. is it quite common? I haven't met a South African who talks really deep like you, but maybe there are heaps. The only South Africans I know, it's probably because of rugby, is, you know. Well, rugby is pretty deep. It, <laughs> it, it, can, it can sting if you lose. True that, true that, but it does encourage a certain level of surface. Yes. Because I think when you put your body on the line, that's a different level of deep. It's like you go and smash it up, and your mind's got to go elsewhere, it's got to deal with it. But, uh, you know, most of, honestly, the ones I've met, the, one, the, the beautiful South Africans I've met, you know, it's always about, you know, barbecue. And, and I think that's how Kiwis would think about South Africans. But what, are you quite common? Like in terms I of. I think so. Yeah? I think so. In terms so. of a deep uh, yep. looking at research based, looking at systems and how yep. we all operate? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say necessarily research because not everybody has. Uh, let's call it academic research. Not everybody understands academic research or has a passion for academic right. research and really going into that level of research. But mm. I think everybody does research. We all, mm. it's, it's searching for what was already done. So, right. we, you know, research for what somebody else has already discovered. Yeah. Or go and search something again, which is research. And, um, and I, or True. research what you've already experienced mm. and so forth. But I think a lot of people do actually do research. They just don't call it research. They don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. use a, a, a method mm. to, to get to the answers that they're, that they're seeking. But um, I think a lot of South Africans are deep because a lot of South Africans have experienced pretty, pretty hurtful things. Yeah. What I have found is globally, whether it's South Africans, Kiwis or anybody else, is the people who don't go deep and understand what really has happened in their life and how to interpret all of that mm. are the ones who end up struggling. Um, and and that's where you 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 talked about the dark place. Mm. We the, almost like they wait for the sun to rise instead of saying, "Well, I'm in a dark place. I'm going to have to switch on some lights," yeah. or find people who can switch on a light, and they're uncomfortable with that as well. And I must. I mean, the caveat is because we're on a podcast. The caveat is I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a medical <laughs> doctor. I'm a researcher, yeah. and I'm a, I'm somebody who's deeply passionate about helping people to understand life to mm. understand themselves to understand that the things that happen in our life is just i mean it's things that happen and we put an interpretation onto that right and and that's what drives me mm. and so whether i look at it from a biochemical perspective a neuroscientific perspective psychological perspective doesn't matter mm. i'm passionate about all of those things and, and for as long as it answers that one question wow how do we become the best version of ourselves that we can possibly become and not just for our own sake but for the sake of every single other person that we that we interact with daily, but that we should be interacting with and we mm. wouldn't be interacting with if we didn't go through those those phases of answering those questions. Right. And so I think a lot of South Africans are deep, as mm. an example, because we've experienced some pretty tough stuff. I mean, there's, there's so many people in my circle of friends that are South Africans who have experienced things that 
Man, they're unimaginable. The pain that it's caused them is mm-hmm. unimaginable. And you wouldn't want anybody to go through that stuff. Yeah. But what I have seen is the people who have gone through it, who have, who have tested their thinking, who have understood why these things are happening, are the ones who seem to be doing much better than the others. Right, right. And, and I think, and that's one of the reasons why I say I think we've got to start going a little bit deeper because surface level doesn't give you that answer. Mm. Surface level just gives you an answer but not the answer do you think though that we can and I'm not really asking you to answer this this is just things I'm pondering so I'm someone who's you know been through some really crappy things as an adult but I won't go too deep but look we all we all go through stuff right my thing though is that I went through it as an adult so I had a kind of I think about it like a bank right and I had enough in my bank to pay out, pay out, pay out, because I didn't have it in my childhood, right? So I had enough people around me who just, I kind of see it like a um, a bush, and they're cutting the path, you know, and every now and then this tiger comes from here or something, and I, if, you, if you're lucky enough and have enough people, they get you through that, and then you become the one with the tool, right? Mm. And so you're not you're not helpless, and and. It, it becomes its own type of burden because you realize that's not the story for a lot of people. And yeah. so when you're talking about like how to, you know, guide your way or live better or even just put an answer to a feeling, you know, which is quite incredible if you think about how many answers, wrong answers we put to feelings. Yeah. Even like in, take a relationship, you know, it's like I try really hard not to growl my kids and I can't seem to not do it. Because I don't know what it is, but they work out a way to, and it's like, dude, and it's over trivial things. Like you were told to brush your teeth half an hour ago, and he's like, I forgot, and I'm like, oh, is that it? (laughs) You know? And there's like nothing I can do. You know, you can't like Homer Simpson them, and you can't like go at them too much. So you've, I've got to find ways to just be okay with that. You know? And that's one. Of like many little relationships at home, you know, there's me and my wife, and there's me and my baby, and then there's the two kind of teenage kids, and you're asked every day, 24 hours a day, to simultaneously make it all, make it all work, and there isn't enough answers, you know. So uh, sometimes I let myself off the hook a little bit by saying, "Okay, man, there's not an you, you can't you can't be enough, so you just gotta ride the wave a little bit and not." not think too much about um everything mm. you know so it might seem like i i you know and i purposefully do go deep because i feel like we need to yeah i feel like yeah there's a certain level of you know our culture maybe western culture which did really well at preparing people to you know earn money but they forgot that if you don't ponder a little bit you know, that will drive you just as mad as everything yeah. else. Because, again, the rubric thing is all on the iPhone and the latest this and, the, yeah. and, the, and that. And that's the confusing bit. It looks like we are in that world, which we are. Yeah. But we've also hacked it, which, unfortunately, only me and you will enjoy this today is <laughs> the breeze and yeah. all of those things recharging us. But it just happens to look really nice on camera, too. Yeah. You know, yeah, so all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, there's the, there's no answer. Sorry. Like, for us... You know, one of the m- miracles that we will never 
let everyone else know about is there's a pair of random jandals lying <laughs> yeah. just off to the side. And, yeah. and I thought they were for me. but Well, no, you said, are those yours? And I just about <laughs> said yes. But there's a whole other story of humanity, which is like, what are the jandals story? Yeah, exactly. Like, what happens when that person comes back to pick them up? Yeah, They're yeah. going to drive past because they think, what the heck's going on here? So there's a lot of interesting things. And, and I mean, I kind of loop all the way back around, but talking about like, you know, just uh, what makes us up from from young people to to our ages, and then old people. You know, it's 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 quite an incredible journey, eh? It is, and I, I mean, going back to the jandals that nobody can see, but we can see it. Is I mean, isn't that also an analogy of some some other things that happened in life? That, that you know, when we, for example, have conversations. Um, you talked about your kids earlier. I've also I've got three little kids, yeah. and um, and man, it isn't it's it's not easy to not growl at them. Mm. Um, well, it is easy. No, it's not easy. I mean, it's easy to growl at them because sometimes they just that's and the thing is they don't do it intentionally. Yeah. They just do it. Yeah. And so, looking at the jandals is everybody who is listening to this podcast or looking at this podcast, they can't see the jandals. Mm. And so, what that means to me is that sometimes our kids are seeing things that we don't see. Mm. Other people are seeing things that we don't see. And unless we have that conversation with them to understand, well, hang on a little bit. So, so. So yes, you forgot to brush your teeth, and I have the same conversation. <laughs> I relate so much, um, and it's it's a half an hour for the toothbrush, teeth brushing, and then yeah. it's a half an hour for the bath, and it's <laughs> yeah. a half, and before you know it, you've spent an hour and a half. And then doing, everyone's hungry at bedtime, doing nothing, yeah, and except growling, and um, and it feels incredibly productive because things happen, and so there's a reward in growling as well because yeah. suddenly there's action. Yeah, but so many times. If we had to ask them, well, hang on, so you forgot about brushing your teeth. Why did you forget? What else were you busy doing? And going back to your other comment around we we work to earn money. Mm. And often our bosses are the same. You know, we're busy with things. Mm. They've got a certain deadline for something, but they don't know what else we had to go through. Mm. And the same happens. I mean, I'm in a leadership role as well. I mean, often I've got to remind myself that even though we have deadlines, the people who work in my team – They've got things going on in their lives. They've got things happening at work. I don't have half an idea of the frustrations they might have been dealing with to reach a certain outcome. Yeah. And so the only way I can find it out is if I have a conversation mm. with them, despite all the lights, despite yeah. all the emails, despite <laughs> all the technology, despite all the stuff that happens in life, yeah. if we have a conversation with each other and I can understand their view and what they're seeing that I'm not seeing, mm. maybe they've got a pair of jandals. They were thrown in their way, yeah. and they got no clue why it was there, mm. but they were pondering it. I mean, I'm thankful they were pondering it instead of just leaving it there. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, somebody left the jandals and someone else thought, I'll put them over here because if somebody comes to <laughs> look for them, maybe they'll find them over yeah. here, whatever. Mm. And, and I think that's – we've got to start to appreciate the things that happen despite the fact that it's so difficult, and we appreciate those things by sometimes looking at it from someone else's perspective. Yeah. It's almost like, I mean, I don't know if this analogy will make sense, but it's almost like the letters of the alphabet. Mm. There are 26 of them. And how many of them you arrange and how you arrange them has a different meaning. Mm. And different languages, even the same arrangement with the same letters will have a different meaning. Mm. And the only way I can understand it is if I if I have a conversation with you around, well, what does it mean when you arrange those three letters in that specific order? Mm. Um, how do you pronounce it? What does it mean to you? How did you get to that meaning? Yeah. And then there's a story around that as well. Um, and and I think a lot of I always say that if you if we can get communication right, 
if we can have fewer unrealistic expectations of people, if we have less power play, then relationships will probably work. Yeah. And that principle applies to a whole lot of different things. It doesn't mean I get it right. It means I have to remind myself of that mm. as well mm. constantly mm. on a daily basis, I'd say, yeah. probably several times in a day. And the same also applies to um, appreciation, respect, and, and acceptance. Yeah. All people want those things. How they get it is sometimes in a different way or in a weird way. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, if we, if we think about respect, for example, a lot of people want to get respect. They want to receive respect. And often that's the one thing that kind of nails them a little bit. And, and the way they want to get respect is more through a process of demanding it instead of commanding it. Mm. And I see that as a difference. You demand respect, you're forceful, yeah. and you get compliance. Um, Commanding respect is through is is through who you are as a person, is mm-hmm. through your character, and people start respecting that character. Right. Um, and the same to acceptance. If you, if you tease everything apart, I think a lot of it distills down to, I didn't feel respected, I didn't feel accepted, I didn't feel appreciated, and that's often what leads to the growling. For example, as a parent, mm-hmm. I go, man, can you not? I'm your parent. Can you not just make peace with the fact that I asked you to do something and get on with it? Yeah. Or I'm the manager of this of this team can you not just do what I asked you to do um, but I've got to remember that as much as as much as I feel that I haven't been respected accepted and appreciated the same is true for someone else yeah. and the only way I find that it is once again sitting down and having a conversation with them and go well hang on get mm. to know people before you get to that moment mm. where, you, where you have to growl <laughs> really challenging man relationships are challenging yeah. in real time too eh? in, in real time yeah yeah because there is no second take it's mm, like this podcast it mm. will be recorded for life and the same happens in those conversations with people as whatever we say and do is recorded for life in a certain way we can often go back and in a podcast I mean, you see this in newspapers yeah. or in in journal articles yeah. or magazine articles there'll be a little thing later on that says referring back to the article of blah 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 we just want to correct that was wrong and this is mm. because it's been printed and mm. you can't you can't take those prints back yeah. it's what it is and you can only rec- you can only rectify it and hope that as many people as possible will will read yeah. the change or the correction um, and life is sometimes the same mm. it doesn't take away it doesn't take away what was written what was said um, but we can correct it in some way and just hope that other people read it in the right way and understand um, and it's their responsibility, not our responsibility. Mm. It's our responsibility to apologize, for example. It's their responsibility to take the apology and make with it, but do with it whatever they want to do mm. with it. Um, that's actually an interesting point. And it's interesting because I wrote about it yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. I wrote about this whole thing about forgiveness and resentment oh, and, and, yes. and envy and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And, it, and that's like banging your head against the wall yeah. and hoping someone else hurt, gets hurt. And... The challenge with that is a lot of what I see is people who wait for people to apologize before they feel better. You talk about the dark clouds. Yeah. You know, that's the only cloud that's hanging is mm. you're waiting for someone to apologize. What if they never apologize? What if they die? I mean, there's this guy, I can't remember his name now, Hiro somebody who was a Japanese soldier. I don't know if you've heard the story. He was a Japanese soldier during the um, the World War II. And he got stranded with these troops on an island close to the Philippines. Mm. <clears throat> and long story short, 
Um, when the war ended, he didn't believe the war ended because he never got the memo from his commanding officer. Right. So for 30 years, or 30 years, 29 years, he was on this island fighting a war that that ended a long time ago. Wow. He killed people. He stole to survive. He did a lot of bad things while trying to survive on this island. But in the meantime, the war's ended, and people were trying to get this message through to him that the war's ended, come out, and he didn't believe them because the instructions did not come from his commanding officer. Now, the point I'm making here is, in 30 years, what if the commanding officer died? <laughs> because he, was getting, he wasn't getting younger, and you never had someone to come and tell you that the war is over. What if, I mean, you died, and you could never correct things? Yeah. So how much time do we spend in this, on this journey of thinking that there's a war around us when there's no war? And all the signs are out there telling us there is no war. Get out. Mm. But we just don't believe it. And Ooh. I think a lot of what we do is exactly that. We're waging a war that doesn't exist. Yeah. It ended. In fact, this guy's personal war on this little island, he was confined on this island. He saw nothing else. Mm. Um, he was confined on this island. He had, had to do bad things. He was fighting a war that didn't even last for as long as he was stuck on this island. And a lot of that is what we do in life as well, is something happens, it happens maybe for one year, it happens in a couple of minutes, whatever it is, and we keep waging that war year in and year out, and we mm. get stuck on this little island, and we never move from that island, despite people telling us there's a whole world out there. In fact, long story short, 29 years later, this guy eventually got convinced. They had to fly his commanding officer in. Yep. And... He good was morning. well. Good morning. Don't let us uh, freak you guys out. <laughs> Enjoy your walk. <laughs> <laughs> morning, and and he literally was welcomed as a hero for for he for his um, following the orders he was being right. he was given. But he could have had that hero's welcome a long time a long time before. Mm. The other thing that's interesting is he was actually trained as an intelligence officer, but his intelligence was following the orders. His intelligence was not based on the facts, the real evidence that the war has ended. And so I think going back to your rubric idea, <laughs> what's interesting for me is that often we follow the rules, but the rules have changed. Mm. and But we're stuck to those rules of how we have to engage in life. And actually, it has changed. The principles have remained the same. The rules have changed. And I think that's where we get confused. is really, really where we should be focusing on. So, just let's break that down a bit. Principles versus rules. So, would principles be like what we would kind of feel like as our ethics or our moral compass? Well, we can call it that. And I think a lot of a lot of people might be might call it different things. But I think one of the consistent themes that I've seen is is this this issue of virtue, which is the moral compass, and it underpins every single thing we do. Whether you work, the way we interact with our family, with our friends, with other people, with the waiter at the coffee shop. Um, with, with forgiveness? Research, forgiveness, yeah. everything is underpinned by principles. And so the way I normally look at it is, is morals or virtues sits at the bottom, it's the foundation. On top of that, you might have ethics. On top of ethics, you might have the law. On top mm. of the law, you might have rules, regulations. And, morning. And, good morning. <laughs> and and you can't you can't necessarily change a law or a rule or a regulation mm. <clears throat> that doesn't fall within the law. You can't change a law that doesn't comply with ethics. You can't change yeah. ethics that doesn't yeah. comply with a moral foundation or mm. just basic virtue. Um, and if you think about the importance of that, is um, think about leadership. You know, global leadership. That's a 
topic on its own. I mean, that's several podcasts on its own. Yeah. Um, business leadership, country leadership, um, community leadership. Um, and then think about other things, just the way we interact with each other. How often do we, does that virtue change into something that's all about us mm. and not about why well, actually, what is, what is better for everybody else? Mm. Um, and, and I think deep down inside, we all, we all find meaning in contributing something that is substantially valuable for other people as yep. well. We find value in that. As soon as we overstep the boundary of virtue, we stop acting in that way that mm. adds value to the rest of the world and the rest of people, you know, community, society, and so forth. So I think virtue is a really important thing. It's very difficult to always be virtuous. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tricky. Yeah. And that's why forgiveness is so important mm. because that's also something that is, you know, I've done something wrong. I come and apologize. You, the worst thing to do is to say, I don't take that apology, especially when it's a sincere apology. And the problem with that is you, you, for example, or me or whoever, not accepting that apology, we forget how much that actually affects our behavior, where we move, how we move, who we talk to, who we don't talk to, because mm -hmm. we might also go, look, I don't forgive that person for what they've done, but they're friends with so-and-so, so now I'm not going to talk to us. So not forgiving affects us more than it affects anybody else. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's something we've all heard before, but it's so difficult to practice. But it's such an important part of, of, of finding meaning, finding um, meaning in relationships. I mean, you could be giving up on relationships that could actually be very meaningful, yeah. um, necessary even. I mean, that could be the person who designs the light for you yeah. when you do next podcast. But yeah. because we haven't forgiven them, we can't use the light that will actually enhance the podcast when the sun goes behind the clouds like it is doing right now. Well, there's so many things to unpack and it won't come to me until like two o'clock tomorrow morning where I'm like, oh, I want to ask you this. So I'll probably write down a bunch of things and we can we can catch up another time. But a couple things in what we're talking about. So we're talking about forgiveness. It's striking to me how this online world hasn't quite yet evolved this, you know, we block things. That's a common term. You're blocked. You're <laughs> muted. You are... Basically, Censored. yeah, you, you, you are now in a world where, or a realm where that is acceptable. We still wouldn't accept it in life, you know, even to our the worst criminals. There's a path, there's a, yeah. there's a, there's a series of steps to follow. Uh, there's kind of these guiding principles that, you know, were, were earned over what millennia, right? Trying to organize what do we do with the darkness we yeah, can't yeah, just yeah. shut it out because it will it will fester and grow it is Yet, there. but we're we're allowing this we're not allowing this but this happening in real time online right because people it's like that surface level they're trying to say right what do we do and it's like ah we don't like what everyone's saying because it's triggering us so boom boom boom, boom block block the algorithm it's like it I don't think it doesn't exist. It just will manifest its way in a different way, which, you know, that's, I think that's the, uh, it feels like to me that's how the monster grows, you know, this dark, you know, the, it's always in our storytelling. It's the, you know, it's it in the sewer. Mm. It's not it, you know, in the clouds or behind something. It's, it's festering where the crap sits. And mm. all of a sudden it just becomes this thing where you're like, oh no. And of course it's going after, if it's a it reference, the children, you know, the most vulnerable and you know it's kind of freaky because there is a part of me that does understand why people don't want to go deep yeah because yep. you see it you know you see uh 
Well, you feel it. You feel that like, kind of abyss which we're, you know, right now we're all right because we're in the sunlight and we're, we're together and we're, we know we're being seen and heard. But there's the opposite version, eh, where we're alone and we're like, ah, I don't want to be part of that. Uh, just give me a McDonald's and put on Netflix. Yeah. And yeah. so I wonder if people, you know, are subconsciously opting for the, that option because that's kind of like a sacrifice itself to just go surface level. But again, I'm just peel garlic. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, and I think I mean that that, that as well as it's I mean, there's so many so many good things that comes out of what you say, um, and and I think one of the things about going deep or not going deep or staying st- staying surface and maybe watching Netflix and eating the fries and the whatever when we should be thinking deeper mm. about the thing that we're trying to get away from is I've done actually I've done a I've done a lot of research on this thing called avoidance coping which is the opposite of deal with it right and and I mean deal with it is not about cold clinical you know harden up it is there is only one way yeah <laughs> you've got to deal with whatever is in the surf whatever is in the surface but whatever is deeper down as, as well yeah and the consensus around all the research is that avoidance is not a good thing mm. unless it is to save your life. So if right. you want to avoid something because it's dangerous, well, that's not a bad thing. You've got to sort of get away, you mm. know, you know, preserve your life. But if it's something you've got to deal with and avoiding it is not good. In fact, it's it's so potent. I remember seeing a, some data that I've collected and, and people who, <coughs> who were of high on what we call avoidance as a coping strategy, um, who, who used avoidance as a sort of a trait coping strategy, what they tended to do is is have more depression, have more anxiety, right. um, have more subjective stress, have more physiological illnesses, but they're also less likely to report that to a medical professional. <laughs> right. Because what if what I have is worse than I think it is? So mm-hmm. the, and so mm-hmm. you can see the consequences, right, of not facing it and dealing with the, the stuff that's mm-hmm. going on. It just has this knock-on effect on a whole bunch of other things in our life. So it's fine. We can go watch. We've got to break away sometimes. You've yeah. got to rest. Yeah. Yeah. So if you break away because you want to rest, reflect, think, just, uh, you know, mm. that's fine. If you break away because it's a reason to not face what needs to be faced, that's an issue. <sighs> because we have to face it. We've got to face these things that are going on in our lives because, like you said, it will manifest in some other way. Yeah. And and that's an important thing because once we decide that it might manifest in a certain way, we're talking about consequence. There can be good consequences. There can be bad consequences. Mm. If we choose the consequence instead of the behavior – then the behavior aligns better with the consequence. So yeah. often what we do is we decide, am I going to watch the movie and eat the burgers that I shouldn't be eating, blah, whatever. Mm. You know, there's nothing wrong with watching movies and eating burgers. It's the reason for that. Yeah. <clears throat> and so if, if we decide if, if we decide on eating the burger, then we might be tempted by that and the, the immediacy of the relief that comes with watching the movie instead mm. of facing what needs to be faced. And the trouble with that is we haven't considered the consequence of doing that over and over and over and over yeah, again. It's yeah. the progressiveness of these things. It's the repetitiveness of these things mm. that actually has the consequence that we don't desire because that then leads to other things. <laughs> Whereas if we choose a more positive consequence, I want to be, be healthy, I want to contribute to society, I want to, you know, whatever the, the positive consequences, then you align your behavior with it. And if you slip up every now and again, that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Um, we've got to make peace with that as well and not mm. be so hard on ourselves. We're going to slip up. You know, if you, you know, the worst thing, the worst, the worst to do is to not forgive ourselves for slipping up every now and again. Yeah. And people are pretty hard on themselves. I mean, like the, 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 I mean, I present lots of talks on resilience every year and I just get asked to do these things. <laughs> and when people talk to me afterwards, a lot of what they do 
um, or the problem they have is because they haven't faced what they needed to face. They haven't forgiven themselves. They're really hard on themselves and they're pretty hard on other people as well, mm. the people in their lives. We, we expect people to be perfect, forgetting that the perfect human being is fallible. Mm. And so if we want people to be perfect, they're actually doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They're perfectly fallible. They're going to make mistakes. We've wow. got to accept that. You know, I wonder if we talk, uh, there's a lot of kind of movement and you brought up the word mindfulness and I am, look, not trying to offend too many people because I know that I will inevitably offend someone, uh, including myself. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there's yoga, there's meditation. And and then, you know, I kind of hinted at it before when I said I haven't met too many South Africans like you. And I guess what I was referring to is this kind of, what would you call the, the, the Western person you know which yeah, is yeah. stoic and you know it's kind of i think about it in myself i have kind of the best and the worst if you think of like i've got this kind of british in me and this kind of pacific island and both have these parts to them which is very like we're here you know we'll do this i've got this um and there's plenty of times where I, I, I lean on that, and there's other times I'm like, what the hell, you know, I, I have no idea what's going on, and I don't, I don't want a bar of this, and it's too hard, and it seems too much. But the way you were framing up, <clears throat> you know, dealing with it, I wonder if it would be better for these cultures that we live in to think about mindfulness in that way, where yeah. essentially being Zen and being in the moment and being right now would be a good way if you wanted to deal with one little thing yeah and it would almost be like a it would help the worker in us as opposed to <clears throat> i don't want to go and get more flexible yeah i don't feel like you know concentrating on my core maybe i do but i don't want to consciously do it i want to work on like i need to work on maybe forgiving myself and here's some tools to do that but did you know you're actually looping on a bit of mindfulness because we're adding in a bit of breathing, you know? Yeah. And 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 <clears throat> I think that's where like people got the marketing wrong on it. Yeah. Is they're like, you're gonna get the benefits of you know, like the Wim Hof method and yeah. the breathing and, and all these things. But if it was kind of wrapped around this idea of, you know, you get better because you forgive yourself or not forgive or you deal with something and then you by you dealing with it it kind of ticks one thing off the list and I think if you get into that ticking mindset because you know I love making a list yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like um, all I could think about when my alarm went off this morning is you and I was like right I gotta get down there make it all work get the coffees da, 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 da. and there's something really gratifying and mindful that it all worked out Yeah, you yeah. know even the fact that I wasn't I couldn't quite see the picture in my head but then I loaded up the shot and I'm like that's exactly what I want Yeah, yeah. I'd actually don't, I was thinking how am I going to get the sun in it and I thought, well, just see when you get there. Yeah. Because in my mind, I thought everyone would love to see the sun, but it would work against us because the exposure would be all wrong. And I, was, I couldn't quite work it out. But then I realized that, you know what? The sun is just for me and you. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Yeah. Because technology shouldn't get the best of it. If it was Instagram, the sun would be, that would be the it. thing. And yeah. it would be us. And it would be how do we make both work? But I like putting us as the priority, right? So it's like um, we're the one getting the best out of it instead of the other way around. Yeah. And it's a very fine line because it can be the other way. And it, it's like it also looks beautiful that way. Yeah. And does. that's all right. You know, it's like there's a win-win here. 
But there's also a bit of a loss too, which would be, I don't know, we miss out on the sun, so the cap, so the camera gear can picture, get, get the nice picture. You know, there's something anyway. Probably gone too deep. Well, no, that. well, I think it's we can go. Man, I mean, we can go really deep with all of these things. And, and this is the this is a great thing about nature and being out and and seeing all of the, yeah. that's going on. I mean, if you think about it from that perspective, is we need the sun to illuminate us so that we can have a conversation mm. that other people can look at. Yeah. If it wasn't for that we'd be sitting in the dark having a conversation that they cannot look at because they're staring at the sun. Yeah. So I think what, what, what you're alluding to for me in, in my language mm. means perspective. Yeah. It's the way you look at things. It's the way that you angle things to make it work. Yeah. And we, we can't change what ha- what's happening. We can't change the fact that the sun rises in the east. It's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. But we can position ourselves differently. And and often that's that's the issue is... I mean, I can't even remember who said this, but it's it's this whole notion of the 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 sphere of control is we've got to make peace with the things that we cannot control, mm. and then we've got to control focus on the things we can control. And some things, for example, they just happen, and mm. that's just the way it is, and make peace with them. But sometimes we can use those things very effectively because they happened, um, but we refuse to because. Going back to mindfulness, I mean, mindfulness is not some fluffy thing. Mindfulness is actually pretty intentional. Yeah. It's an intentional thing. So a lot of a lot of sort of buff guys, you know, when you talk about mindfulness, they think mm. it's all about, you know, being fluffy. It's It means you're thinking. Yeah. You're thinking about stuff. Yeah. And you can think of two different ways. You can, And I think most of the time we've got full minds instead of being mindful. Mm. And so you can, you can be mindful of... We're, naturally we're mindful we're mindful mm. of of everything else that's going on in our lives we're mindful of all the emails we've got to look at what <laughs> mindfulness means is that we are we change what we focus on mm. and so even if it is just for a short moment of time i think we underestimate quite often how much that short moment of time mm. actually you know so yesterday for example someone sent me a message that they came to a talk i presented a couple of months ago <laughs> and she she said to me i don't have time for exercise and i said I wanted to say that's a lie, um, but I don't want to offend people because, yeah. like, be, and so there's a part of me that's pretty direct, and there's a part of me that's very compassionate. Yes. And and I said to her, the first thing I wanted to know is why do you want to exercise? There must be a reason why you mm. want to exercise. If, you, if there's no reason, why why bother? Um, exercise is not the reason. There must be another reason. Mm. <clears throat> Secondly, is how long do you think it takes? You know, it doesn't mean it must be a jog that takes an hour, two hours. I mean, for example, people going to the gym. And these are questions I had to ask myself as well as, you know, people going to a gym, for example, they, um, they, you need to get ready for that. You need to have the gear for that. You've yeah. got to go to the gym, spend about an hour, then you've got to come back and shower. And before you know it, two hours have passed. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. And so the time it's going to take is just too onerous to commit to it. Well, I've developed my own exercise routine because I never wanted to have the, ex- I wanted to be healthy yeah. and I wanted to be fit. And so, as an example, I then said, well, hang on, I can't control the fact that I sometimes have to travel. I can't control the fact that I, my gym membership will sometimes not be available in that gym because it's only a regional membership. Mm. Uh, I, won't commit, uh, I won't have time, I won't, you know, all that sort of stuff. But the reason I wanted to exercise is more important. And so, I said, well, let's develop something. And I developed a little routine that takes me anything from 20 to 30 minutes a day. Wow. I need a carpet. <laughs> That's all I need. I just need a carpet to do what I need to do. And I, the other thing it does is I feel, I feel quite 
you know, good after exercising. It gets my blood pumping. Yeah. I did a couple this morning before I came. You know, I'm not awake yet. Um, but it wakes me up and I feel good because it's a little goal along my way that I've achieved. I've committed to it. I've done it. Mm. And I do it regularly enough not to feel guilty when I skip it. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's about setting ourselves up for success. And that's a whole nother thing, you know. That, this whole thing, setting ourselves up for success is a completely different conversation. Mm. But just to briefly touch on that is going back to mindfulness, going back to meaning, going back to all of these bits and pieces. What we often do is we've got this massive goal that's actually not a goal it's a vision mm. and we can't achieve that because we forgot to build these little incremental goals along the way it's number one number two that goal that should be a vision is not it's not purposeful it's not meaningful it's just it's something we want to do instead yeah. of something we need to do yeah. but when we set meaningful visions meaningful we set set meaningful goals if we set meaningful goals we can start to accomplish things that have purpose, that have significance. Mm. When we do that, we have a sense of accomplishment. When we have a sense of accomplishment, we start to feel more engaged, more motivated naturally mm. to keep going and do more and do more. Now, that's important because even in other things of our other aspects of our lives, we if we want to feel better about something that happened in the past, for example, one of the things we do is we go, I want to feel better. I don't want to be so miserable. It's like, well... <laughs> that's up there yeah. it's the day to day little actions yeah. that we need to put in place and we should never forget that uh, so I don't want to go too deep into yeah, the yeah, neuroscience yeah. but our our brain has formed some pathways that gives us an automatic response not automatically but by the way we behave and think consistently over right. time Right. and so that's become an automatic response but we're in control of those thoughts and we're in control of the behavior that leads to these automatic responses we right. have now. So that happened incrementally over time. Neurons that fire together work together. That's how they work. Mm. So to change that, we've got to do two things. We've got to stop doing and thinking the way we do, and we've got to start behaving and thinking the way we want to, mm. and that'll change the neural pathways. In fact, the ones that have the automatic response will just they'll naturally just sort of they call it atrophy. They'll stop firing together. They'll pull yeah. away from each other. Yeah. And it won't be an automatic response. You'll create a new automatic response. It does take commitment. Thinking ourselves out of something is really difficult at times because it's just top of mind constantly. Yes. And so what we often do is we tell ourselves to stop thinking about what we're thinking about. And by doing that, we're thinking about the very thing we're trying <laughs> to not think about. So a classic That's example. That's a hell of a sentence you just you know, said. <laughs> classically. So I'll put it simply. So what people sometimes do is they say, I want to stop stressing. And I go, what do you do? I tell myself to not stress. So you're, you're telling yourself to not stress by telling yourself <laughs> that you're still stressed. It doesn't work. The best thing to do is to, is to do something else. This is not about ignoring it. It's not about distorting it. It's, it's just about sometimes we've got to just do something else. Behave yourself out of the thought pattern that you right. have. It's like thinking of being in the trench. If you're in the trench, all you see, all you do depends on how you move within the trench. The only way to think differently is to get out of the trench. And well, There's a whole – man, there's a whole – there's a whole land piece of land in front of me that I can go and explore mm. and, and you'll form new little trenches based on where you move constantly. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. I'm sitting here and just, my neurons are all going. And that's what we've got to do. So on the neuron side, just a little thing that's quite interesting is you, every neuron you have at about our age can connect to 10,000 other neurons. Wow. We decide which ones. 
they connect to by the way we behave and the way we think consistently. That's a big deal, you know, because pathways form in three dimensions. They form between the, 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 the top part of our brain, the thinking part of our brain, the, the cortex, that sort of part, but they also feed in deeper into the emotional centers, into your senses. So the way all of these neurons work together, they need to form new pathways. Mm. You know, you, you hear a certain sound, it, it brings up a memory. Yeah. You smell something, it, smell is a very strong sense. There's mm. a theory that babies know their mothers by the way they smell, yeah. not because their eyes are closed. So they're all connected and we've got to find ways to connect them differently, but it doesn't happen automatically right. for the good because we are kind of programmed to look out for danger and that's all we do. And we've got to consciously think about different ways of thinking different ways of behaving and I wonder if what kind of encapsulates our chat is that there is this, I mean we've referenced it a hundred times in this chat there's a deeper thought process and there's a surface thought and it's trying to understand how to kind of work out or not work out just go with going in between those and it feels like sometimes we get locked into one. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah, um, whether it's by choice or by force, right? Yeah. Like you, you were referencing, you know, being in leadership. It's like, yeah, we can get you into that state of mind. I can get you working hard from fear, but you'll be operating from a different area. Yeah. And, and, and who knows the long-term consequences. I mean, there's so many things. Um, Exercise, for example. Uh, so I've been trying to do 100 burpees for 100 days. That's impressive. And I'm up to day, something like day 37 in a row. Wow. And on the first day... Uh, that was hard. I couldn't. I couldn't do a burpee. Yeah. It really freaked me out because my lower core hadn't moved like that since I was maybe 20 years younger <laughs> and playing rugby. And so I, I sat there thinking, oh, I've got a nine, you know 99 more days and I can't do one. So all I did for the day was just get to the ground and get back up, get to the ground, get back up in like a five stage process, you know? Yeah. And it's so interesting because I, I said to myself, well, look, man, you've said to social media, you're going to do this hundred burpee, hundred day challenge. Uh, and there was a vanity part too, right? Where it's like, I know that carrying extra weight is not good, but I don't want to give up two hours of my day. Yeah. I'm that person who goes to work and has a family and tries to make it all work and understands that I'm trading in a bit of my health for the whatever I would call the betterment of making it all add up because we have baby and all that stuff and that creates a different kind of stress uh, but point being is that it's like day 37 and my body is like hey I'll help you yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll Oh, you can do 100 burpees now, not in a row, but you can do four sets of 25. Yeah. And it blows my mind to think that even after 30-something days, I can do 25 more of the thing that I couldn't do one of. Yeah. And it's like a new pathway has emerged. Yeah. And so yeah. what I really like thinking about is this idea of not only am I stretching my mind and practicing these things by talking to you and others, but I'm doing the same now in the physical space. Yeah. So yeah. I get all of these benefits and you know, I can't help but think that in my mind I will start being, and I am, I consider myself a lucky person, but I don't know how much is because I'm actually doing these things to make luck. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like if you wake up and I'm sore for the right reasons. Like as a former rugby player, I was sore for most of my 30s. I'm 39 now. And there was no reason. It was yeah. just old, stupid injuries. Yeah, yeah. But the weird thing is they don't hurt now. Yeah. Other bits hurt. 
and yeah. I'm, I can't quite work it out. But it's like you can you're gonna have pain. Yeah. Just make it for the right reason. Yeah. Do a hundred of something that's hard. Yeah. You know, but you know how in 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 tradition to how we are talking, I think deep about this stuff, and I'm like, that's a hundred times. Like people say, ground yourself. Yeah. You got to be grounded in the society you know and everyone's like how it's like don't bully no one explains why or how or the fact that you probably need some bullying i mean i don't want to go down and say bullying is good but we also tell kids that they probably shouldn't be coddled so how the hell do you do that on the playground there's going to be some jackass who's mean but everyone knows if you can survive that part they're the ones who will suffer long term because they've probably got deeper things going on. Yeah. They're taking it out on you. But that's the thing. We only say the surface level. We're like, do exercise. Mm. It's healthy for you. Be healthy. What the F does that mean? Mm. That doesn't mean anything. It's all these, when you break it down, and I guess, you know, looping it back around, that's where we've been talking about today is this kind of multi-dimensional layer just up here. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's something about the physical space, the mental space, and then something else, you know. If we're going to wrap up in a second, but go down as deep as you can to that base layer because it's something I think about a lot. Maybe it's a faith or it's a, I don't know what I call it. It's part of the reason I'm doing the podcast because I don't know. When it all comes down to it, I don't know. Mm. But I'm worried that we've transferred this I don't know into we need to find out what that is and so even if we don't know okay I'll put it another way so religion is the bedrock of humanity Uh, I was probably raised in a religious way but like many people who are the butt end of the millennials I was a spoiled brat right so I mentioned (laughs) people carving a path so the fat little boy could walk through and it was an awesome it was awesome I I love it and that's why I got a lot of you know love to give and a lot of banked up whatever to give out so this is part of the way I do that but what I realized is that part of the problem with this is I haven't really had to suffer right and I thought I for my mind religion gives us a way to process that partly traditionally now there's this push to kind of answer everything scientifically and what I started seeing is the removal of say a tradition based you know belief or faith and replaced with more of a kind of like consumerist you know like Nike being the moral compass and it worried me because I thought their job, like they're the ones with sweatshops and Chinese kids and us fighting over, you know, Kanye West's shoes. They bred that. That was their role. It's kind of like this, you know, uh, whatever they call it, capitalist monster. And now it's telling us how to live. And it was at that point where I stopped and thought, hmm. You know, someone who's probably referred to themselves as an atheist more than once sat back and thought, well, I don't want there to not be a meaning. Uh, but I'm not sure if there is not the traditional one, what fills that void. Right. So why I'm saying all this is what's at the very bottom for you? As I just check the camera, hold yeah, on. Check the camera. Better change it. So Have you got ten more minutes. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I think um, you're you're asking a big question that is I not am. something 
that I think it takes a lifetime for some people to, to yeah. get to that yeah. answer. I mean, some people find that answer and find that meaning literally before they, just before they die. And yeah. they kind of go, I, I get it. And I think what you're saying is, I want to get to that answer before I get to that point. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I and, want and, all of us to. You know, all of us. And I think f- for me personally, and it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a faith thing necessarily mm. that I want to push down people's throats. But for me, faith is really important. Yeah. It's deeply, deeply important. It's deeply important because of personal experience. And it's deeply important because of what I've seen in other people's lives, mm. whether I've read it, whether I've, whether I've had conversations with them. And when I say having conversations with people, I mean thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of people over many, many years. Mm. And there are certain, as a scientist, as a trained scientist, as someone who, who taught research methods, I understand good data. I understand how to get good data. I understand how to interpret data. So I look at it from a, from a, from a scientific perspective as well as from a, just from a pure blind faith perspective. And I think that in itself is the danger, is we call things blind faith when it actually isn't blind faith. There's mm. a lot of evidence for that having faith works. It's all, there's also a lot of evidence for having faith in what works. Mm. Um, and just two things, because I know we've got a limited time and we yeah. can always catch up again. Yeah. Two things that stand out for me is when you mentioned the bully, um, that the bully might actually be someone who's who's dealing with something in that way. Mm. I remember earlier I said we we all want acceptance, appreciation, respect. The bully's way of getting that respect is that's yeah. the way. Yeah. It's just a weird way of getting it yeah. that we see as, as wrong, but in his mind or her mind it might be the right way of getting mm. it. And so often what we do is things happen and we try to find the reason for it and then we start using it as a reason for our bad behavior. And, and, and actually... I should use a different word. We start using it as an excuse for our behavior right. instead of using it for a, as a reason for doing good. Mm. So the things that happen in our lives don't have meaning of themselves and in themselves. We give it meaning by how we respond to that. So we either say, man, that's an excuse for why, why I have all this bad behavior, why I've got this problem that I've got. Or, and as long as we use it as an excuse, I often say to people, for as long as you victimize yourself about something, you will be at its mercy. Yeah. But if we start using that as a potential reason to do good instead of as an excuse, we also start to blame whoever wronged us or whatever wronged us or, or hurt us. We start to blame it more effectively by saying things like, I am who I am because that happened, but for a good reason rather than a bad reason. And so we're blaming things and people more effectively you know, blaming them for the bad things just because, you know, that's my bad behavior. And we often do this. I think it's called the attribution bias. When we do good, it's because of us. When we do bad, it's because of other things and people and circumstances, <laughs> yeah. right? There's a word for it. The social psychologists have actually coined a term for it. So that's the first thing is we've got to find a reason instead of an excuse. Use, use something as a reason instead of as an excuse. And it's really difficult. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over several nights and several days, mm. but it takes commitment. It must be intentional. That's a bit that people often miss. The second bit that might kind of lead to some kind of answer is coming back to my, my field of my passion. It's not so much resilience as it, as it is helping people to become the best they can be. Mm. Um, resilience is an angle towards that because what I've found over my readings is that 75 to 90% of all psychological and physical illnesses comes back to stress. Wow. I'm going, wow, if that's the case, then what, how do we help people through that journey? But what I've often found in, in these talks that I deliver and when I speak to people or when I write and people send me emails back and ask me questions is 
they say they're stressed, but what they are is not stressed. They feel, they feel frustrated, which is a very different thing. It manifests itself as, as stress, gotcha. but it's actually frustration. And so what I often say to them is, the way I look at it, and this is my way of looking at it, and it might work for some people, it might not work for some people, but it does work for me. Mm. And it might work for someone else as well, is that in, in the attempt to try and find... Um, to get less frustrated, we try to find fulfillment. And we try to find fulfillment through f- through things that's going to help us to feel satisfied. And we try to find it through feeling happiness and f- joy and all these bits and pieces. And the way I look at it is that I think satisfaction is something we experience in our bodies. I think happiness is something we experience in our minds. And I think um, joy is something we experience in the soul, mm. for the lack of a better word. Yeah. So, so we've got body, mind, soul. But that doesn't lead. That only leads to satisfaction, happiness, and joy, mm. which is still sort of three layers on top of the real deep stuff. Now right. you mentioned the word faith, and I think that is where we reach real fulfillment. Is when what we do with our minds, with our bodies, with our minds, and with our souls aligns with a bigger purpose. Um, you also mentioned some companies who become the moral compass for mm. us. And that you've got a problem with it because the behavior is not necessarily aligned with what you would expect yeah. is right. Even that is an important thing for me because if you think about faith, what I think is important there is, so what then is right and wrong and who decides what is right yes. and wrong? Because we might all have different views of what is right and what is wrong. Coming back to the point about virtue, there must be a standard setter for yeah. what is truly yeah. virtue is the way I look at it. And who is that? Yeah. And we need to agree on that. For me, that is God. For me, faith is believing that that is the right way of doing things and it's the moral compass. Uh, it's the virtue that I build my life on. And as soon as I do that, I can find myself aligning with a purpose that is bigger than me. I feel more fulfilled because what I do with my body, with my mind and with my soul aligns with a bigger purpose. Mm. And suddenly things click together. It doesn't mean I get it right all the time. It just means I use that as a, as a, as a compass to sort of say, I'm going a little bit off course. Mm. Let's get back on course. This doesn't feel good. And that feels really extraordinarily mm. good. Mm. And it's kind of like you, you, you flux between these different states. Yep. It's not either or. It's kind of you, you move yourself along that path. It's like correcting, <laughs> correcting your path as yeah. you drive. Yeah. You know where you want to go. You know where you need to go. You kind of just correct yourself all the time. And... And, I, and I've seen the same pattern with a lot of other people. Um, and then obviously, because I'm a scientist, I look at the research that supports this kind of stuff. And there is so much, there's, there's too much research to go into the detail of it all. But there's so much research, we just think, wow, that corresponds with that. That mm. corresponds with that. That corresponds with that. And then you start asking the question about truth. And just in, in summary, I think for something to be true, um, there must be three criteria at least that it needs to meet it needs to be logically consistent it needs to be um, scientifically or empirically sort of adequate not perfect adequate there's no such thing as perfect research to start off with yeah. so it must be adequate and then there must be personal relevance and I think if you have those three things so you've got logical, logical consistency there's empirical evidence that is adequate and there's personal experience mine or others or preferably mine and others experience then suddenly I, I reach a point where I go that's probably true. And that's the pattern I've been observing over many, many, many years. Mm. Um, and so I go, what I must be experiencing as a result of faith must be true because of, it meets those, meets those criteria. Um, and so has other people as well. 
Um, and it, science doesn't answer everything, mm. you know. So to use science, and I'm a scientist, and I'm a multidisciplinary researcher, and I've, I've studied biochem, I've studied molecular biology, microbiology, psychology, neuroscience. <laughs> I've done all of these bits and pieces. It doesn't have all the answers. It cannot have all the answers because it deals with the physical, not with the metaphysical. Mm. And I think, coming back to, 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 to something like meaning, if you know what what if anything and everything we do what if meaning itself is the reason you know what if we bestow meaning onto something it doesn't have meaning a hammer doesn't have meaning unless we use it for what it's supposed mm. to be used for i don't know what the meaning of my life is unless i'm being used for a purpose and preferably a purpose that is bigger than myself yeah. i could either be, i mean you could use a hammer for good or for evil you could mm-hmm. use a camera for good or for bad correct you know, you look at the pornography on, on the internet. Yeah. People are using pornography. They're using cameras. They're using lights. They're using computers. They're using the internet, but mm. for a poor reason. You're using the same tools for a much better purpose. You've bestowed a different meaning to the stuff mm. around us. And the size, look at myself in the same way. I think, well, what is, what is the meaning of my life? Or maybe the meaning of my life is to be used as a tool in the lives of other people that is a positive contribution to their lives. Yeah doesn't mean you're a doormat it doesn't mean you're you know you're always running after people but it does mean that you feel a sense of fulfillment when when those things click together yeah and it takes time to to develop that Mm. it's taken me a number of years to develop that because you know like most people things have happened in my life as well Mm. and i had to start looking at those things as a reason for doing good as instead of an excuse for doing bad and it does take time, but it takes more than time. It takes commitment, dedication. It must be intentional. Yeah. Um, and there's so many ways to do that. Mate, and okay, so I will just say that this has been an awesome podcast. Well, thank you for this. The fact that we've just, we've talked about a bunch of stuff that, you know, you could spend weeks talking about these things. And what I really love is that there's enough there for all of us just to, you know, if at base minimum, just what this podcast has done I think because it's been like that for me is just give me a chance to relax a bit and think about things and and not think about things and go on a bit of a journey and it's one of the beautiful things about being human eh? is that you know we've always tried to work this out why do we have this in us you know if it's just about you know sex drugs and rock and roll then we would just do that but we didn't do that we're not we don't you know uh we don't go around con- well we do still go around conquering but there's a there's a willingness to control the monster you yeah, know there's yeah. a willingness to understand the shadow morning and I'm fascinated by why there is yeah. and it, it's that base level that yeah. you were referring to so again it's an interesting journey for me because I'll talk to all types of people and that's part of what I think I'm I seem to enjoy it and I, I have I been asking myself why is that you know why am I interested in um, not really see I've identified faith for me at the moment as an unknown yeah. and I, I call, call it an unknown because I, I don't know what that is really you know I'm, I'm fascinated when I talk to someone who's a believer versus not and I can pick things up we're talking about the same things but we kind of give it different names and then I think well if you go a bit deeper, does that person have that? And would that person talk to that person in today's society? And I'm not sure if we're, it feels like we're going very tribal and we're going very, um, 
in some ways, you know, it feels like we're devolving back, fear-based, back into little pockets, you know, mm. uh, silos or bubbles, and that's helping us process just the vastness of the world now that we're all connected, you know, and yeah. and we didn't get to see inside the American president's every movement. We got to see filtered parts, but now it's unfiltered, and we're trying to process it and work out. Because if you, if you really, it's like sitting in the sun. If it's unfiltered, mm. it just it burns you and it freaks you out. And I can understand the the need to pull into our own little areas, but there's a big bit in me which knows that that would be a mistake. Because mm. we've tried that, you know. Every time we try to um, us and them, it works out with us trying to kill the them. <laughs> and I think that's proven in history. And I, that's the unknown bit where we have things called love and respect and honor and you know working out that if you do 100 burpees you, you might not be as angry with yourself you know or if you do something really hard it, it helps you in some other way you can deal with it so um anyway that's a long way of me saying thanks man no, for, thank for, for joining me on the podcast uh, i normally have a final question but you've given so much I, I, i'm going to save it for next time the question i normally ask everyone is you know do you have a mind-blowing moment yeah. but you've been kind of sharing mind-blowing moments the whole time and what i thought next time is we've done the one in the sun we'll try a should we try a full moon next time <laughs> and then full moon. we talked about the light and we'll go in the dark and i don't I like know how that. maybe what we can do is we'll set up a little fire or something because yeah, oh, that's Brilliant. Here would be quite nice, eh? Yeah. With a fire, yeah, and, yeah. you know, maybe we can have the families around or something. We'll have to do a bit of working out, but also that a full moon because it'd be quite nice. And I think oh, it would be, be brilliant. Yeah, but um, thanks, brother. No, thank I really you. appreciate it's been it. Great. Um, where can people follow you if they want to um, engage with you and your research and and you yeah. know you do talks? How what's the best way for people to follow? All right, so I am I have I've got a Facebook. Uh, if you search "Deal with it, Leon Stemmet," you'll find it on Facebook. I've got Twitter as well. I'm on Instagram. Wow. I'm also on LinkedIn. <laughs> I do a lot on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got a website with a whole bunch of free content. If people are interested, um, it's called DealWithIt.co.nz. Awesome. So there's a whole bunch of free stuff on there. It's short bits because I know people are short on time, mm. and and actually we don't have to be long-winded about a lot of the stuff mm. because the principles are pretty they're pretty snappy. So yeah, short pieces to read. Short little video clips. Uh, I think there are a few podcasts on there as well, and it's all available for free. So it's it's on www.dealwithit.co.nz. Thank you for blowing our minds. Yeah, cool man.